is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Welcome back to another episode of Call Her Daddy. Back at it again. I'm still here. Wow. Welcome. Thanks for housing me. You're welcome. Guys, as you can tell by our voices. We're sober. (laughs) Lauren and I are sitting on the couch. And um, for this episode, today, everyone sit in the circle on Mrs. Cooper. (laughs) Reads all of you illiterate fucks. A book. <laughs> Today is going to be Daddy Daycare, <laughs> where, I, where I read you all a book and you all listen. No, sort of. Lauren and I figured we're going to have a little book club today. We're going to remind you that we do more than sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Absolutely. After you spend time in Vegas and then you talk about it for 60 minutes on a podcast, (laughs) talking about blacking out and barfing, I figure today it's like, what is the opposite? Naturally, book club. Okay, people, balance sex, drugs, rock and roll, and book clubs. So in the spirit of not being high or intoxicated... We figured, why oh, not you bring? Didn't take your Molly before this. Lauren's <laughs> well, rolling. Currently rolling. <laughs> so we figured, why not throw a little fucking Esther Perel in here and really raise the level of education on this podcast today, <laughs> Daddy Gang? You are currently joining Lauren and I in book club. This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Daddy Gang. I get that there are some things you don't want to share, but bottling everything up inside can truly have some awful consequences. I remember growing up, I guess, honestly, the the truth is I was getting bullied and I was like so embarrassed to tell my family that because at home I was fine, but at school it was tough for me. And I just remember feeling so awful about myself and I kept it to myself and I dealt with it by myself. And it literally just caused truly maybe like a decade of trauma. And later in life, now that I've processed it, I'm like, damn, I would have been so much better off if I had just talked to someone about it. And it didn't even have to be my parents. Talking helps a lot. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. I have had such an incredible relationship and experience with therapy. I was so ready to get better and to better myself and understand myself more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists whenever you need to for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com daddy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash daddy. Two years ago, I became pregnant with a baby I desperately wanted. During a routine ultrasound, I learned that the fetus would have a fatal condition and never survive. 
I had to flee my own state to receive treatment. I think Donald Trump bears an incredible amount of responsibility for these restrictive laws. We need leaders that will protect our rights, and that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. I have been reading a book that has taken me literally (laughs) seven months to read. And I've read it in one day. Yeah. (laughs) Lauren quickly was like, let me read chapter one. And so we're starting with chapter one. So if you fucks want to like catch up and go get this book, it's called Mating in Captivity. And it is actually pretty eye opening as delirious as we are. Um, It's pretty amazing. And so we wanted to talk about some of it and just discuss it because we have nothing else to talk about. (laughs) We've already told you all our secrets. So... Here's the premise of the book. In this book, Esther Perel set out to, quote, know if it's possible to keep desire alive in a long-term relationship to avoid its usual wear. And she wants to know how or if you can hold on to that sense of aliveness and excitement in relationships. When you look at dating, we are essentially walking contradictions. When you are single and you start to date, you're looking essentially at some point for safety and predictability and stability. But once you get that, you start to crave the novelty and the change and the diversity and the instability. And so basically Esther is like, can you keep passion alive? While having a relationship that's safe and predictable, which everyone wants, while also pursuing a relationship that is exciting, mysterious, and awe-inspiring. In quote, those were not my own words. <laughs> yeah, please don't even get it twisted. Let's start book club. Um, if that made no fucking sense to you and you're like so confused already, don't worry. We are about to use our personal experiences and tie it into this book because I think that makes it more, more comprehensible. Lauren and I were talking about how we both have kind of experienced these extremes because Esther is talking about the extremes like the extreme stable so like there is no passion left or the extreme instable that it's like it's so hot passionate sex but it's so unpredictable and Lauren and I feel like we both have those separate experiences. Yeah. So Lauren's seven-year relationship was on the stability end Mm -hmm. he was your best friend he was never gonna cheat on you he was never gonna like really hurt you but there was zero passion yeah I think the lack of intimacy in your relationship genuinely affected you yeah like although I was in a relationship and living with the person like I felt so alone and unwanted and to the point where it made me turn inwards and be like what's wrong with me what Why doesn't my own boyfriend want me? But I did get upset for you because didn't people DM you after that breakup episode? Yeah, people DM'd me and were like, you're the problem. Like, what's wrong with society? That love and that spark doesn't last forever. That's a fantasy. And that's not, no. That's not the case. Don't, really, don't, don't let people tell you. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, stay suck with it someone. Up. Like, suck it up. If you are not. Like, he's a good guy. He's done nothing wrong to you. How dare you leave him? That Just because they didn't, quote unquote, do something to you doesn't mean you ever have to stay. If you don't personally feel it within yourself and you know that, like, in your gut, like, there's more. Or even if there's not more, it's just not right. Leave. Yeah. And that's why I commend you. I think it's interesting because then I had been on the other end of it in a relationship where it was only the instability and the allure of like not the unknown and like the eroticism of like the unpredictability. 
I never felt safe in that relationship, which can make for great sex. But as humans, we naturally are going to crave more. We want connection, not just physical. We want safety and security. But again, once we get that, then we want to go back to the unpredictability. So it's like this vicious cycle, I feel like, that Esther does a really amazing job of outlining in this book. She brings up this term called otherness, which very simply put is when you see your partner as a whole and different person, individual and unique from yourself. Because in relationships, she explains that people have a tendency to couple where you and your partner fill the need and take on the role that the other one needs you to be in that relationship. And in the process, you lose a sense of yourself and you lose that sense of otherness, that unique quality that originally attracted you to your partner. The term otherness was a term that Orna Garalnik and I discussed in my episode Couples Therapy. If you guys haven't listened to that one, go listen to it. It was amazing. And I remember the concept of otherness. People started writing in being like, holy fuck, I'm realizing I'm literally being what my boyfriend needs me to be. And I no longer know who the fuck I even am. I feel like, I mean, you opened up to me. Oh, for sure. That 100% happened to me in my last relationship. I don't think my boyfriend saw me as a unique individual of like a person. I think he saw me as the role that he needed me to be for him and that I was filling. I was constant. I was reliable. I was non-confrontational. I didn't question anything he did. I was always there smiling and nodding and that's what he needed and that's what I was doing, but that's not who I am. And I think as your friend, and we can get into this later, like you, I think, started to lose yourself more through that because you never were voicing your actual in, in that process yeah. I like internalized that's how to be in life like just passive through, yes and just go through the motions and like that was bleeding into all aspects of my life like you used to get I remember like you'd be upset about something share it with me about him and then all of a sudden you'd be like we're going to dinner and I'd be like wait Lauren did you like tell him you're upset and you're like no it's fine it's fine but it's I fine. was doing that with everyone exactly yeah I think it's important to also recognize that as much as you filled a role for him he was fully filling a role for you oh entirely like that's I think is the essence of this coupling process it's like a two-way street otherwise why would you both be there it's like you literally look at your partner at times and they're just a blurred image and you like draw in what you want them to be exactly like and now stepping out of the relationship it's so much easier to figure out who I am and my sense of self, like independent of anyone of anyone else. When you told me the other day, you're like, who was I the past seven years of my life? Do you know who you are right now? No. Does anyone? No. Like I think, I think, I think that's what it is. It's like an evolution. Like we're not stagnant. We're constantly growing and changing and evolving. And like, I think it's good to have some touch and some connection to who you are. But I think once you you figure that out, answers and no, because it's going to keep always changing. Dude, the minute, you figure yourself out when you're like 21, then all of a sudden 26, you're going to be a different person. Yeah. So I think for you, it's just important to not be like beat yourself up about like those past I think, few yeah, years. Yeah, not to be completely disconnected to who I am as a, p- a person, but I don't have to have all the answers. Facts. She was talking about how this has ri- arisen as a result of like modern things. And I thought she was going to say like social media and stuff, but she was like, 
people now are isolated. Like you grow up and it's very common to move away from friends and family. And like you move away with a partner and you're in this new area, just you and your partner. And then you start relying on that partner for everything. And there's no opportunity for otherness. And that made me think of like you when you moved out here. Yeah. That's such a good point. Like I, yeah, I definitely think it's been like a, big transition for me every relationship I've ever had in my life I feel like I fall into like the not stable in in the case of like you're not stable the relationship the relationship every person I've ever dated I feel like confident in myself so I seek someone to like give me that thrill and that instability almost because like that's what I'm looking for and then I think this is the first relationship that I've ever gravitated towards something that is stable But I do think the otherness factor is something that like I keep pushing of like I need to make my own friends in LA. I can't just morph into his my boyfriend's life right now or we will literally not have one thing that like we have for ourselves. Yeah. And I think it's important where you have like I'm working on it in our relationship of explaining like that is not that's not a knock on you and me not wanting to be all with you all, all times. If anything, it's me literally wanting this to be. So it keeps working. Yeah. Like if I only hang out with you, your friends, your family and everyone in LA, then how am I going to feel good about myself? Like I don't have anything of my own. The book basically talks about how like when you're single and you're like starting to date someone, like you're so attracted to the instability. Every daddy gang, think about it. Like when you start the, the beginning dating phase is so fucking fun because you don't know when they're going to text you. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. And then as you start to be like, oh, my God, I'm into this person. You crave a little bit more stability because you're like, I have now something to lose. I have feelings in this. But then all of a sudden it's like you can, you can never win. It's like you either want this instability. So you're like, oh, I feel on fire and I'm excited. I'm, I'm turned on. But then all of a sudden you get into the relationship and there's so much stability. And then it's like, wait, where is that unknown and that like thrilling moment of not knowing what's going to happen? And I'm hoping she's about to give us the fucking answer of like, how do we find the in-between? But I do think that the otherness thing is get so lost on couples. Yeah. You get into a rut of just like, like coexisting and like working as one. That the reason that you were attracted to each other is because of individual things about yourselves that were so different than the other I think it's interesting too like what were we talking about with the whole concept of like being alone oh and like establishing so like the concept of otherness I think I don't know if this is exactly what she was getting at but it's what it's what it made me think of like the concept of otherness and like being alone and like I've been talking about that in therapy a good amount because my therapist's first point is you will stay in something too long if you're unable to be alone yeah um which I did I don't like being alone. Yeah. And I'm trying to get better at being alone. And she was like, what is it you don't like about being alone? Initial response is like, I get really bored when I'm alone. Did she give you any advice though of like? Well, first she told me to find a hobby. Oh, yeah. That's when I went through my hobby phase. That's when you started learning how to like play Jack, blackjack. Yeah. And then uh, we have a, in, oh, in your cabinets in your house, you have a knitting kit and you have a paint my numbers kit. Yeah. Like I thought you were losing your mind. Lauren's like taking up like every different hobby. And I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? But like, I get weird, what she's saying. Like find something that you can do alone. Yeah. You're that, the opposite. It's crazy. And I don't think people would expect that. I love being alone. <laughs> I know. I used to think it was so healthy. But now as I'm in a relationship with someone, it's making me realize it's healthy to a point. And I've had my partner look at me being like, 
I love how independent you are. It's what what attracted you like to me. However, my boyfriend is, has said like, we are in a relationship, Alex. And so I'm having to navigate like, why do I crave so much alone time? I always just go like, I feel like when we're having issues, like you seek to just go out and like interact with humans and I retreat and I'm just, I just need to be alone. Yeah. And it's like, everyone's different. I'm sure. And I'm sure whoever's listening to this right now, like you can locate, who are you? Are you the person that you hate to be alone or do you love to be alone? I think for something for me, and I think I remember talking about with this with Orna, but like I'm realizing that I sometimes make partners feel like rejected and unwanted because of how independent and alone I want to be. And I'm working on that in therapy too. I've started to like do what you're doing, like locate, like why do I self, like I just isolate. And maybe that's a defense mechanism that's been the result of all these unpredictable and unstable relationships that you've previously had. Yeah. Like it's like by retreating and making them feel alone and insecure it's like yeah it's like protecting me from the unpredictability because you knew you never knew what was coming next right so if I remove myself first like I'm fine whereas I think you're working really hard to reverse and change that now totally like Vegas was a big step I would say for you I yeah I definitely feel like in the past I never integrated boyfriends always felt like I tried to keep them separate from like my friends and my family and I think with this relationship I'm really working hard to make my boyfriend feel like the wall is like broken down and yeah like- and I think for you it's crazy how like reverse we are like you never wanting to be alone last week I went to dinner alone dude that it- makes me so happy and I enjoyed it where did you go um Panera Bread oh my god yeah. Their broccoli cheddar soup. No, I'm like the bread bowl chicken noodle soup girl. Oh, okay. Chicken noodle soup. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me so happy for you. And like leaning into like, I'm sure we both just experienced like a little bit of discomfort. Like me introducing even him to my parents. I'm like, I love this man. But like, so why is it weird to introduce him? But like breaking out of my comfort zone, it feels, I'm sure you felt that at dinner. You're probably like, wow, why was I so scared to like go to a fucking dinner alone? Speaking of breaking out of comfort zones that's actually something I've been working on in therapy recently and like our new like motto is kind of like if something arises in life am I gonna open the text message and respond in the moment or am I just gonna flip my phone face down we elaborate what do you mean like literally are you saying like uh, like like it started about like literally but then it kind of came like a metaphor of like how am I gonna handle things in life oh interesting because you would because didn't you used to say like you literally were at times would like fully avoid things that like a fully avoid fully avoid and so like that's interesting because I because I know that's something like avoidance obviously is like a manifestation of anxiety right for example this sounds like something maybe small but when me and you were living together I went out one night and I lost your purse you let me borrow your purse and I lost it and I couldn't even say sorry because that meant addressing it at all and I don't think I addressed it until like a month and a half later when like other things at that point had happened it was like that level and now and now if that were to happen I'd be like Alex I'm so sorry I lost your purse like I'll replace it and I'll pay for it I'm sorry like we're good I lost your purse but I'm acknowledging it I'll make it right and let's move the fuck on but I also think because I know you keep saying this about your therapist being like Kate please be easy on yourself like confrontation literally is some people's like most debilitating thought of like to con- to confront for, for me it was triggering L- fully 
because again it goes back to your past, past of like you want to be the peacemaker you want everything to be good you never want things to get to i never want the like the boat to be like rocked yeah yeah we are very very opposite in a lot of aspects yeah which i think is good for a listener listening they're like you hopefully are able to like locate who you are in that dynamic I feel like even just the going back to what we were saying, like you in a relationship are craving stability. I was, oh, you just read my mind. I think at surface, like in the moment currently, I am absolutely craving intimacy and desire and all that. I, I was also trying to, like when I was reading this, I was also like, I don't think I've ever been in love. That's crazy. Is it? Do you think a lot of people have been in, I'm 27 I wait no I'm 26 I'll be 27 in October I feel like you, you have think to that's crazy for me not to have been in love maybe that I've been in a seven-year relationship and I haven't been in love listen I don't think it's crazy at all that you at the if we're going by age that by age 26 27 you haven't been in love I think it's and the word crazy is like stupid. I think it's definitely a little more shocking shocking that you were in a relationship with someone for seven years and you weren't in love. That is something. But again, there's so many more factors. So anyone that's listening, that's like, I'm like fucking 30 or 35 and I haven't been in love. Like it's okay. It's fine. Don't fucking force it. I don't see myself falling in love anytime soon. And I don't think you should. No, but I don't, and I don't think you should, unless it feels right. Like don't fucking force it. Cause like women feel so pressured. I think that's the worst when like you feel like a pressure to fall in love and like you're forcing it. It's like, no, 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 it's okay go with like what feels right not just based off like what society is making you think you have to do like I remember didn't you say to me like you were like you were joking but I could feel the undertones of like you actually meaning it and I kind of want it for you too you're like I want to get my heart broken like I did say that like Lauren has never felt like you've never cried on a bathroom floor over like a relationship like heart-wrenching like holy fuck I just got my heart ripped out of my chest like you've had trauma and family shit but yeah. you've never been like I'm heartbroken like that was a love of my life like the type closest shit. I can think of like imagining is like high school but like that yeah doesn't that doesn't even count it's so crazy too because like I look back that's and the I, craziest statement I want to get my heart broken because you want to feel something god you literally had seven years of you just said like Going through the motions of Going life. through the full motions. Sexually, emotionally, m- like mentally, like all That has been, like, I'm not going to underplay, like, underplay that. That has been a very jarring and scary realization I've come to in therapy re- really? re- recently. Like, very how much I slept walk through the last seven years of my life. I almost said to my therapist, like, it makes me sad for myself. Like, did I just waste seven years of my life? And she was like, no, no. because if you were feeling everything that, like, you were potentially going to allow yourself to feel, like, look at like look at your list of accomplishments. Like, look look what you've gotten in life. And, like, you couldn't have, there's no way you could have done both at the same time. So true. But if anyone also has not listened to the season finale of Call Her Daddy, Lauren opened up about, like, trauma in her life and you've been you had you went through a very long stint of your life of like fully shutting off like dissociation dissociation and not feeling that pain and surviving and I think that's why you also stayed in a relationship that literally didn't require you to do anything that's why I'm so proud of you like I feel like anyone listening there's so many reasons people stay in relationships you know and like it's so fucking hard 
when you get out of one. And I was just saying this to you today. I was like, I don't know why I have this in my notes, but I had written this down. Like, like what, what advice would I give myself? Like, I always think that like, Alex, you fucking give people advice every day. Like, what the fuck would you tell yourself? And this is something I would give anyone that's going through a breakup. We've all been there for a friend, right? Like you watch a friend get go through a breakup and you're giving them like, it's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. So I always think about this. I'm like, okay, hold on. Think about the last friend you helped get through a breakup. Where are they now? Well, if you look at me, Lauren, if you had helped me through that breakup, yeah. look at me now. Look at who I'm dating. Look how happy I am. So I needed to like almost locate, like if you, you've seen every friend of yours go through a breakup and then be okay. And then when it's you, it feels like the end of the world, but be like, wait, hold on. Look at every friend you've ever had that's gone through a breakup. What happens? everyone always ends up okay if anything they usually find something better so I always just try to think like I don't know when it's you I think it's hard but you have to look around and try to like relate to other people that are close to you like okay everyone gets through a breakup if we're on the topic of breakups now I get a lot of dms post that episode how do I like finally like make that decision and my therapist gave me this really great visual metaphor that helps me do things now oh like imagine yourself standing on the high dive like a really really fucking high high dive okay and like you're looking down and like picture it to the point where like you kind of like feel like your heart flutter a little bit right and you're like okay like i imagine like you're stepping forward like i want to jump off that high dive oh, i need to like wait like oh like it's not the right moment right you're not ever gonna feel like at ease on that high dive so it's like a moment in yourself where you have to be like okay like one two three go and literally fling yourself into whatever you're trying to do and like that's that, really good advice. That's like been my mental visual that I've been using for like, I'm trying to get better at like difficult conversations and confrontation yeah. and like speaking up for myself. But people DM me a lot that like, I know I want to do this and I can't do it. And I think that's really helpful. That's amazing advice because if you think about it, you eventually have to make a move so you can move forward and like prolonging it is only going to cause you more anxiety. So Yes, you can sit and conceptualize whether you're talking about confrontation or a breakup or whatever we're talking about. Flinging yourself forward to finally take an action allows you to then start. Start to move forward. Yeah. Some things are never going to get like, maybe get. It's never going to be like, okay, I'm really ready to do this. Yeah, now. like this is easy. Yeah. So it's almost like you have to just have that mentality of like whatever it is in life. Like if you're uncomfortable, like lean into the uncomfort and then just be like, there's never going to be a moment where this feels comfortable. Go. Yeah. Just go. You know what? Now you know what I'm thinking of? What? The conversation we were having earlier about just like leaning into like difficult conversations. I guess this is kind of like related that you are my friend that I have like the deepest and closest bond to, but the relationship that I have to put the most effort into. That was crazy when you said that to me. Yeah. Because I feel the same. (laughs) (laughs) Like you and I have gone through so much and also like a lot to the point of like really having to like work for certain things yeah and like I think it's definitely I mean dude people even wrote into us about like how does your relationship work now like like Alex is over here and you're over here and you two are in such different like places in your life and like how do you two like like we are definitely definitely in different places in our life yeah and like I mean, there's some more obvious conversations we have to have, too, about, like, money and stuff. Yeah, like, that's a good point. I think people are probably like, how the fuck does that work? And Dude, that's so true. It's, you just have to be, like, open. 
Like yeah. I texted you before Vegas and I'm like, hey, obviously we're going to be doing things in Vegas. Like I can't split the private plane with you. Right. Like, I want you to know I'm aware of these things. And I don't want you and I want you to know that I'm thinking of these things and acknowledging them. And like like when it was the one dinner like all of us were like hey like we're all gonna split this dinner and like it's it's so yeah that's such an interesting concept of like we I think people are fucking fascinated by that on the internet they're like how does this work like like what is a lot of therapy and communication so much we've done a beautiful job of like and I would encourage anyone friendship wise like I feel like we've gotten to like the most amazing place of both being like hey we both suck at confronting and we have we're having more conversations of like I don't want to say confrontation but like hey Alex this thing happened and I didn't I felt a little weird by it yeah because I think in a lot of friendships you just brush those under the rug but the the the, I would say the more you're having these conversations, the more healthy your friendship is. And it's also, and maybe we're lucky because we've also gone to a place where we're like. Both in weekly intense therapy. Yes. And like, and so we both know we're coming from such gr- like good, genuine places. Like, hey, I've talked to my ther- therapist about this. I put thought into this. Yeah. And like, let's discuss. That, I mean, with your job and with everything, it's definitely like not a normal friendship. But also I think it's the natural order I feel like specifically with childhood friends to like you go through life you drift you move you'll be in totally different places in your lives at one point and then so on the same page as another and like I think it's just a matter of putting in effort I think it's like 2021 it's like everyone can like like an Instagram picture and like call that a fucking friendship and like repost on your birthday but I don't think I know like that's not enough I think when you really have a friendship it's similar to a romantic relationship in order to maintain friendships through years and like have the depth that yeah you're gonna be in different places but you have to want to work to maintain friendships like the love has to be there it's not gonna work like I would encourage everyone like pick up the phone like FaceTime that person like ask questions like listen to problems you're that ne- have nothing to do with right you. like you're not always necessarily even gonna be able to relate like I feel like you and I like we can try to relate as much as we can but like I can't relate to what you've gone through in your childhood you can't relate to my job right now you know what I mean like yeah. we're, there's some things that are so different but that's what friends do like they listen and they're there no matter what even if you can't relate and sometimes it's better to also be like talk to me and I care exactly but going back to speaking about like your job and like where you are specifically currently in life that's a whole nother aspect of our friendship right now yeah which we've literally had to learn together mm-hmm. privacy moments yeah like hey lauren like you can't post that or yeah. like hey like you're like hey alex like i want to go out and be able to like do this and like not have people staring and like yeah. I, there's so many different things that like also, we've grown up since second grade together, so it's also like this weird like the, shift. You weren't you weren't rich and famous in second grade. We never had these issues like college, yeah. like our drunken college. Like there's so there's a lot of changes in a beautiful way that I think that we're being forced to like confront head yeah. on. But I th- could encourage anyone that has like a friendship that means something to I them. I think that's another beautiful thing about me being single. Like I would hide in my relationship and wouldn't yeah. push my friendships as deep. But now my friends are the closest people to me and I want to really work on those relationships and deepen those relationships. Dude, that's such a good point. I remember because there's two things. There's one part of you as a friend when you see your friend, aka when Lauren was in this relationship. I knew that this was not the person for you. I remember knowing and I never wanted to then like 
ever push you to break up with him. But I think it's hard at times when someone comes to you, you would have moments of being so frustrated with him or whatever. And then the next day you would be like, yeah, we're going to the park together. So what I, what I'm saying is I think you're, you were not able to progress in your friendships because on the other end, us, we couldn't go deep with you to even talk the realest shit of like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. So how are you then going to even have those type of conversations in any other fat, like aspect of your life? I know this goes back to my realization that's been like really heavy and it's just been like, holy shit, what the, and I think it's hard because as your best friend, like in those moments, I wasn't making up with your boyfriend, you were. But the memories of all the shitty stuff that you had confined, confided me and like shared with me the day before were obviously still present for me. And I'm so protective of you. And then like you guys are off happy at the park. But then I'm like, okay, this guy's a fucking asshole. But does it really matter what I think? Like, I don't know. I think the goal, if I could give anyone advice when you're like fucking A, my friend won't shut the fuck up about how much her boyfriend does this, this and this. It's like, I look at that and I feel like the goal is to just be a good friend and listen. And in some cases, like not hold grudges, like, because you don't want your friends to not come to you with the problems. I don't know. It's complicated and it can get messy, but I think when I'm trying to be a good friend in moments like that, I just remember like, who's number one, number one for me is Lauren, not some fucking guy. And I'm always going to have your back. So like, I'm just moving on your pace. Like whatever you're doing, I'm there for you to listen. Yeah, I remember during that entire process, like you never once told me like you need to break up with him. The closest you got to saying like it needs to end was me telling you like my concerns and you saying, well, if you decide to do this, you have a place to go. I love you. I love you. This episode is brought to you by Prime Video. I am a certified rom-com addict. I love watching movies and shows that are funny and cute and romantic and make me want to cuddle up to Matt, okay? And Prime Video feeds that addiction. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Donald Glover, and Maya Erskine kind of love each other, kind of hate each other, and really love to rip each other's clothes off. Dare I say better than the original. My Lady Jane, a hilarious, heartwarming, and sometimes steamy historical reimagining of the story of Lady Jane Grey. You can watch both of these and a whole lot more on Prime Video. You can also indulge in even more rom-com classics by adding channels like Max, Stars, and Paramount+. Plus. Prime Video, find your favorite flirty rom-coms all in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details. This episode is brought to you by new Garnier Fructis hair filler with vitamin C G. Many things can damage your hair like heat styling and bleaching, but the all new Garnier Fructis hair filler systems can reverse up to one year of damage to your hair smoothness in just one use, giving you up to 79% stronger hair and up to four times less breakage. And all Garnier products are approved by cruelty-free international under the Leaping Bunny program. New Garnier Fructis hair filler, pre-shampoo, shampoo, conditioner, and serum are available now on Amazon and at Walmart, Target, Ulta, drug, and select grocery stores. Learn more at GarnierUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay. You know real when you get it, right, Daddy Gang? It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. 
So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guaranteed, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. So ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Tap the banner to learn more. I feel like I'm finding the beauty in being like as much as I joke that I haven't had sex and as much as I joke that everyone around me is in relationships like yes I would like to feel a little bit of some connection with someone right now but like I I'm, I will firmly say like I'm not like dying and yearning to throw myself into like a full-blown relationship I want to just feel like a little bit of spark yes like, like something fun like yeah something can, fun yeah. like I want to feel like that first month fling type of like yeah thing like I'm at the point like I really don't want to have not that I don't want to have meaningless sex. I would either have sex if I was really attracted to someone and like it was fun and hot in the moment. But like yeah. I've gone on like a lot of second dates because that my therapist told me go on second dates. Yep. And like I'm I'm so I'm so fine having sex on the first date. Yep. And I haven't had sex on these first or second dates. So I'm just like uh, I'm not settling for like Yeah, you're like, yeah, I don't uh, want to have yeah. it. Yeah. Like, and I'm aware and I'm like, I'm just, no, I think but like, I'm, I think like what I'm trying to say is like, I'm really leaning in and finding the beauty of being single and like, and also getting to know yourself. Yeah. Like you just said, it goes from your friendships to like your family. You're like, whoa, Hello, I'm, I'm Lauren and I'm back in society again. Yeah. Like you're like, I, you literally just like got out of a haze, which is scary. However, like I always say to you, exciting. Yeah. You now literally have the rest of your life, Lauren, and thank fucking God you did get into and therapy. I think and some people don't this. ever get out of this phase. Haze. Well, because they don't because unfortunately, like, they may not have It is very, very effortful. I did not just wake up one day post break and be like, Wow, I have clarity and I can see the world and like I know. Like like my therapist was like you out of like my clients like she's like I'm not trying to like blow myself like no. to my own horn but yeah. she's like like I I go to therapy every week and like I come with a list of things I want to discuss and like I you're working I'm working and I think about them in between sessions and in between sessions something happens I write a list down I'm like this didn't feel right or hey my friend texted me this that like sh- she was upset and I didn't respond immediately. And like, I wasn't like there for her in the right way. Like, why did I do that? And I think it's beautiful. Cause I think like you said, it is not effortless. It's not no. just like, Oh yeah, I'm no. here. And listen, like, I think this is, this can relate to everyone. Like I know I've talked to my therapist about like kind of like almost like identity issues that I've been yeah. having. And I think it's like, no matter who is listening to this, everyone's got their shit of like feeling a little discomfort with like who am I and like what do I want and I think especially in your 20s it's a lot the more that you like wake up and defog and kind of like open your eyes the more maybe judgment you might feel on yourself or like doubt or criticism because you're no longer coasting yeah like now my therapist always says that Alex please I don't want you to judge yourself yeah like I look back on like some of the like the earlier caller daddy days or whatever and I'm like I fucking hate that shit that I like did some certain things or said certain like what specifically like it really bothers me when I see comments of people being like oh you're the definition of like Misogyny. uh, misogyny and whatever and I'm like if you like knew who I am like if you really like and I'm like but I get it yeah I get there were certain things that like 
we were portraying for a marketing ploy but I'm like that you know me like yeah. that's so not me you know yeah and so like it frustrates me to the core because I know who I am as a person and it it angers me that like do you think you were back then though were you yes that- and no I think like if you asked me like how to get a guy like I have the answers for you yeah I was in the moment like out of college like fucking around being like yo this is how it fucking works yeah now as I've gotten older though it a lot of that was a character so and I think it's hard like ha- having social media like I'm putting an image out there that like I'm choosing to put out you know yeah. and I'm picking parts of myself but then it does weigh on me when I see comments of like oh you're such a misogynistic whatever and I'm like oh my god like (laughs) you don't get it I feel like ever since taking over the show on my own and kind of like not hiding behind the mask like I actually remember like we used to always like on the old show like we almost always said like we can get away with a lot more shit because like you can't really pinpoint it on one of us it's like we can just say whatever the fuck yeah now that I'm like it's my show. Like I own every word I say, like it started to feel like, Oh, I, then I really need to put more thought into it. That's what I've kind of been doing ever since. And I'm proud of it, but it's also like, I was 22 and now I'm 27. What the fuck? Who were you when you were 22? And hopefully I pray to God, none of you are that same person when you're 27. So growth people. Okay. And you just watched mine. I think it's very admirable that like you're looking back and like it shows tremendous growth and like evolution of like you and a character and I think it's really cool and amazing that like you're bringing this brand and the content like on this journey with you as like and I'm just really excited to like see where it goes and like have people get to know you more and more and more like the depth that I do because I can already feel from like this season especially and the single father era this show is so much more authentic it's crazy yeah I do feel so fortunate that we have each other though like do during this because like what did I I recorded something the other day and you were like are you okay you were like you can't upload that you sound depressed you sent me that I'm like Alex I literally called you I'm like before I like tell you if I like this or not are you are you okay yeah I think listen I think anyone listening like it's a weird time in the world yeah we just came I out of a, just gonna say right that. we just mm-hmm. came out of a fucking global pandemic you were either so alone you're not in a relationship you're in your 20s you're either in college you're getting out of college you're in a marriage like wherever you are listening to this you're in high school whoever you are It's a weird fucking time. So if you're solo and you're alone, you're having a lot of thoughts of what you want and what kind of relationship you'd want. And if you're in a relationship, you're having a lot of either introspective moments of why am I in this relationship or like me, I've definitely had a lot of moments of like, have I been a fucking shitty partner at times? Yeah, you called me like two weeks ago and you're like, I just had a come to moment of like, whoa, I need to take accountability here. Yeah. This is the first relationship I feel like I want to put all I have into it and so there's you don't have that like I don't give a fuck fuck it like whatever happens happens like oh fight bye mentality yeah I'm going to Vegas alone yeah you're in like the mentality of like oh if something were to happen like I'm gonna fight yes that's what um not fight with him fight for us yes like I'm gonna fight for it and I'm gonna actually like look inward is this even a book club anymore? I don't I don't think so. <laughs> Esther's going to listen to this and be like, I didn't say any of this. What are you guys talking about? She's like, about? you quoted me literally one line and I haven't heard one reference to the book. Esther, we're obsessed with you, but we just got in our You feels. rejuvenated our brains. You did. I literally feel like so awake and alive right now. That was right the now. Vegas detox I needed reading, Esther. It's, I have tea and soup 
literally directly next to me and, and I have a, under my toes yeah and I have a blanket on me and we're laying on the couch and it's a beautiful morning like this is the vibe um I guess as we're wrapping up also Lauren like because guys book club will be coming I do actually <laughs> want to debrief it more but um on the wave of just like talking about our in our feels you had therapy this morning 7 a.m call time baby terrifying and I think your therapist gave some amazing advice about dating because on top of all of this, <laughs> Lauren was kind of like let down by someone she was talking to in her own mind, kind of, right? Like you built it up in your head. Yeah. And if you go back and read text now, you're like, oh, wait, he was giving me no contextual clues that he wanted to do X, Y, Z. I was like building it up. Yeah. And what did your therapist say? That is dating, that in the process of dating, you idealize someone and you fantasize what they could be because you don't really know anything about them yet. And quite often you're wrong and you're let down and it's disappointing, but that's dating. And in dating, you have to be prepared to be disappointed, to be let down, to be hurt. And if you can't handle that, you're not ready to date. But she looked at me and said, you're ready, big lair. Dude, get that on makes, that horse. She, yeah. Also, you literally told your therapist, you're like, I want to have sex. She's like, okay, how did you I was say like, it? I, ha- I was like, you know, like I haven't had sex in months and like, I, I really just want to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, okay. <laughs> what did she say? So she was like, you just want to fuck someone. You're like, yes. Yes, I do. And um, she was like, all right, get out there, girl. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the thing, and I would like to wrap up on this. Everyone that's in the dating game right now, when you told me that, Lauren, I told you in the car, I relate to that so much in dating. Like, specifically, it brings back memories of when I started, like, first talking to the Canadian. Yeah. I remember I was, like, so... Like, give, me, give me the specifics that you told me this morning. It was so cringe. No, give it, though. Okay. So, I had, like, ended things with... I was, like, on the rocks with door number three and Slim Shady. And so, I met the Canadian. And he is, like, a Leo outgoing, like, so successful. Like, net worth looks good on Google. Like, <laughs> all of it was looking good. And I'm not kidding you. When I met this man, I had literally gone on like two dinner dates with him while he was in town playing the fucking Rangers. And I started fantasizing about like, oh my God, he told me he has this lake house in like right on the lake in Canada. And like after his season is done, I'm going to go to the lake house and go on his boat with him. (laughs) And like this would be perfect because like my dad has always said, like if you're going to have a freaking, if you're going to date an athlete, like date the hockey players, they're the best guys. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm going to date a hockey player. I had literally started planning, started planning our life together. I had not even two dates. I had not even had sex with him yet. Been there. Fast forward. We had like three more fucking FaceTime dates. And I realized this guy's personality is annoying as fuck. And I had literally pictured me in my bikini on his dock. And I stopped. Lauren's filming me. And I was like, this is going to be my husband. In what world was I living in? The point is, you now it's really reali- like I'm realizing like, damn, when you start dating, you literally immediately start to like, you go home after that date night and if you liked them a tiny bit, you start to literally go on a rant in your head of how it could work and what would work about it and where you two could go and what could happen. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you need to look inward and be like, hold on, 
imagine saying this out loud to this person because <laughs> they are not on the same page as me. Yeah. You're literally projecting your wants and that has no, like it's literally probably has nothing to do with actually who they even are. So I was projecting that I was going to have a sex marathon. <laughs> and this man and now literally looking back. He can, that was a big projection and fantasy that I was spinning in my head that was not going down in real life. You were the rebound and he didn't want to have sex with you. <laughs> my therapist said it's first. It's fine. Yeah, it's true. So, Daddy Gang, when you're dating out there, just be aware of your projections versus reality. <laughs> Fucking psychos. I love you, Daddy Gang. That is it for this week's episode. I hope you guys don't feel too low and down. It can't get much worse than uh, me and Big Lair this week. We're low. We're low. We're down. But we're coming back up, baby. But we're going to hold each other because I am just <laughs> counting down the days till I get my ass back in fucking Vegas. Actually, I want to go to Miami. Dude, before Vegas, I know you want to go back with Kygo. Before we before <laughs> we go to Vegas, before we go to Vegas actually, we're going I think to New York. Okay. For New York Fashion Week. And you know what I'm not going to do when we go to New York? Text your ex. I'm not going to text my ex. I'm so proud of you. Goodbye. <laughs> director's cut <laughs> i'll tell you a little something i got to the dentist today and they told you you've been sucking too many dicks <laughs> they told me that i've tmj strictly from the amount of dicks that i've sucked in my lifetime listen caution to this. side effect of gluck gluck 9000 dick TMJ. sucking can you guys hear this clicking this is my jaw Whenever you eat, I'm like, oh, God. Dude, when I make out. <laughs> oh, wait, no, but this is the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> this weekend, which will have been now last weekend when you're listening to this, we just found out. <laughs> can't even. The eagle has landed. <laughs> <laughs> and he's back. And he's fucking richer than ever <laughs> richard <laughs> guys richard is back is now in los angeles yeah so we have a group text me big alan richard and richard and marshmallow are in la this weekend <laughs> and, and now you... we're like whoa so the last episode richard and marshmallow were in vegas and now they're back in la so now vegas is coming to la this weekend and we're going to rage for two straight days again <laughs> with richard and marshmallow <laughs> and what we do know is self-awareness. And what we do know is that... What did we learn from last trip? Times are fun. That, and I learned don't eat scallops when you're... <laughs> no, it wasn't the scallops. It was the espresso shots. Right. And then you just vomited scallops. But the moral of the story is um, we're about to go out this weekend again, even though I shouldn't be... Like, I was like, I'm not going to drink this weekend, but I am. So we're about to have, like, a situation... I'm still sexless in case you I thought you were literally about to say <laughs> I'm still sexy <laughs> in case you were wondering if I've had sex from the start of this episode until now I have not maybe this weekend with Richard maybe you'll meet someone this weekend that could be fun sorry Richard I love you but like but I think we I think we gotta call it what it is <laughs> and we're just a good make out yeah facts Hello, I need Lauren McMullen to get the fuck out of Los Angeles, California immediately. You guys, I was going to end this episode 
in the director's cut talking about how Lauren and I, oh, Richard's in town. Richard has never been more in town. Let me be very clear. Lauren and I went out. We had a very fun night. We brought Las Vegas to LA. It was, um, we can't speak of it. Literally, we, we can't talk about what happened last night. <laughs> That's how bad it is. And we talk about a lot of things that happened. But we literally can't. Cannot, we cannot speak of the events that unfolded <laughs> last night. We literally said that we would never discuss what we did last night on the podcast. That is when you know. Also, everyone out last night was like, Oh my god, like flirting with Richard and Richard told us that he got his dicks. <laughs> that while listening to the last episode about him, he was getting his dick sucked. And then we started chanting, Richard, Richard. He was like, honestly, it's really helpful. Thank you. And there's And then we met a girl who was like country club man, was talking to a girl before Vegas who was her friend, and she started listening, and the girl heard the episode that I got my nipples licked. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, what the fuck? And Lauren was like, oh, oh, sorry. He called me. So that that was the beginning of our night. That was the harmless stuff. That was literally at the very beginning of our night. Last night at Nobu, Richard jumped onto the table (laughs) and started dancing and kicked off a candle candle and shattered it. Also, yeah, we got to stop there. Yeah, we can't say anything else. There was a lot of... That lot more went down. There was a lot of weird shit that happened. Also, it started in the bathroom. What bathroom? When we met that girl. When I saw I lost my phone and it was just in your pocket the entire time. And then fun time Jesse came over and was like, <laughs> do you want a little something? Something! To take the edge off. <laughs> and then we said, no. And then we said, oh, wait, yeah, we just won't podcast about it because we're not going to glamorize drugs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And that is how this story goes. Let's just say. <laughs> Lauren Let's got it in. Just Let's just say my streak of no sex summer might be over. <laughs> I literally got it in last week in the summer. Wow. That's true. I just made it in the you- nick of time. <laughs> And that, everyone, is how we are going to officially end book club. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. What the fuck? We're talking about my shit and you're just casually like, oh, yeah? You had sex? Yeah. What is his dick like? It's a good dick.
This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want $0 delivery fees? Try Dash Pass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today. <laughs> 